0: I am your host, Joel Lessie's. I'm very excited about today's show. One of the reasons why I was so excited about the show today is because I don't know how many people who will be listening know anything about the Akashic Record. And I'm just wondering if you could introduce what the Akashic Record is and maybe a little bit about how you became interested in it and what your practice is with it.
1: The Akashic Record is a name given to a field of energy that surrounds us all, and the Akashic Records contains information. Um, One way of looking at it is it's, it's a huge spiritual library that contains the information past, present, future, in that timeless space of each individual soul, whether it be a person, an animal, or a place.
0: We're talking about incarnation after incarnation, correct? That mysticism, and even in the Gnostics of Christianity, the Sufis talk about how the soul transmigrates through the ocean of birth and death. Does it include all that?
1: Yes, and more. The Akashic Records. So the kind of information that comes through what we would call a past life, that sometimes information will come through that's everything's pertinent for today, for the person, where the person is today, as a past life that that person's soul or a portion of that person's soul had experienced in the past, or it can be an ancestral memory that has surfaced to be revealed and healed. It can also be, you know, it can also come in the form of what's called impressions. Impressions I would define as being thoughts, feelings, energies that a person may have picked up from someone else. The fourth um, way is that some sometimes a person is connected to um, the collective the collective consciousness of humanity. And there's information coming through like, and it may not be a past, necessarily a past life experience for that individual. However, it's impacting the life of the person. Can point to release and or healing for that individual and for other souls who are Oh, experience.
0: So that, that sounds like as a thing, what a, what an incredible resource for human beings, right? Like what are some of the benefits uh, for us of knowing and working with the Akashic record?
1: Some people are able to access that field via trance, or they just have that ability. I came to it by learning how to access the records using a, a prayer, a sacred prayer. Prior to that, I had had experiences of profound connection with what I'll call the um, you know, unseen beings, illuminated souls who have guided and to guide and protect and actually collaborate with us and work through us. The Akashic Record and the Record Keepers is a term that I use to just define the illuminated souls who are present for a person who's having um, a consultation. It could be some of their um, ancestors from their um, lineage and and it's also um, unseen beings who have never been incarnated and it is very helpful it can be very helpful yes um when i first learned how to access my records via this prayer i worked in my records for many months mm-hmm. just um and it was healing it was very healing for me it was very healing in in some ways on a very practical level when i was going through some heartache at the time and even though I got information that, about the heartache being just part of the process and I would get through it, which was helpful. At the same time, I still had to go through the heartache. Mm-hmm. And um, also practically, I was told to do certain things. Like I felt really stuck and I was told to color. Mm. And when I start, so I started coloring, which helped to release some energy that was stuck that i was stuck in and also on a practical level i was going through i was being challenged where at the place where i was working at the time and received very practical very practical very specific guidance that helped to protect me in a in a situation and on a healing level there were just some past experiences that I was still revisiting. So what it does, like when I work with someone, I I am not a healer, it's not a psychic reading, and I'm not a healer. However, working with an individual can activate a person's inner healing, their own inner resources for healing themselves. And um, so how that works for me is that information will bubble up. Insight, perspective, information, that's transformative, completely transformative. And much of what I experience in the records is an experience. It's an actual experience that is transcendent of where I'm at in the moment. Mm-hmm. And when I have a moment that is transcendent, then I'm, I'm changed forever.
0: So the Akashic Record, some people may come to this and and initially without this understanding that this record, that the Akashic Record exists, what is sort of the human process of coming to understand that it it exists and what is the, uh, of like questioning it and then accepting it and seeing that it's real? Could you, could you
1: speak to that a little bit? Well, I had been, I had been aware of the unseen world since I was a child. Um, I didn't, I didn't know how unusual that was. And I didn't know for a very long time that I could actually ask for help. (laughs) Um, that help would come, um, you know, I prayed a lot growing up as a child. I remember this now, I prayed a lot and I would sometimes hear Um, words of encouragement, wise words, and also when I was older and and now during meditation, I will hear. Now when I say hear, um, sometimes it's um, clairaudient where Mm I actually hear with the physical ears. Most of the time it's not, it's the inner, it's the inner hearing. So having had that experience, those experiences when I was growing up, when I was older and started having a lot more experiences, it it wasn't frightening to me. I knew what it was because it was so, I was so used to it. So for people who haven't had that experience, um, I would say there's probably a certain amount of trust that needs to be there. Trust in the unseen. And not just in the unseen. It's really so how how this works, for me, is it's a very physical experience. Mm. Um, It's a sensing experience versus a feeling. So feeling to me, um, I associate with emotions. Sensing that I associate with my body and what I feel in my body. When I'm in someone else's records, I may feel something in my body. I'll have a sensation. I immediately go to it because that's where the information is. I'm pinged. It's what I call being pinged. Mm -hmm. That can happen outside of the records, too. For instance, um, many people have experienced an intuitive knowing. Yeah, because that is so an experience that many people have. So let's just think if you've had one intuitive knowing, that's it, that's an aspect of what I'm talking about. It's one aspect of being in touch with and communication with the unseen world, whether it be deep in your gut, which is connected with, um, you know, connected with energies outside of your body.
0: In a Jewish text, it's called The Ethics of Our Fathers. And it's from the, it's the Talmud. All is foreseen, but free choice is given. One of the aspects that um, I was really debating whether to bring up about the record is that future events are also known, correct?
1: They can be known or, <clears throat> a possible future event can be known it can change by virtue of knowing i mean it's it's a paradox isn't it yes all is for all is foreseen and yes we have free will included in that statement that we have free will is an aspect that i think we sometimes forget and that is we have a soul Soul that came in with a purpose. And Mm -hmm. that is part of our will as well.
0: Is this notion that we have a spiritual mission, that our human existence is a part of a greater mission. Our soul has a mission in this life. And one of the things maybe that the record serves to help us understand and illuminate for people is maybe inklings about what that mission might be
1: yes definitely generally speaking generally speaking our purpose is to become whole is to become aware of our connection with everyone every other living thing and in a way to return home um so I would say, generally speaking, that's, that's our purpose. So when I work in someone's records, my intention is to be an empty vessel, as clear and clean and, and empty as I can be for the divine message to come through for that particular individual. And another way of putting, putting it is, is to say that we're all on a soul level, Evolving toward perfection.
0: One of the interesting things, Betty, um, is that um, because we're in the physical, the physicality, the physical, the body, we're in this body. And one of the interesting things that I've read that sticks out at this moment in time is generally when people report that when they leave the body and they go to that other place, the other world, the other realm, the other bardo, or a voice asks very gently, How did you learn to love? How did you learn to love? Or how did you love? Maybe is a better way to put it, yeah.
1: Love is an energy. Love is a vibration that we touch upon that love. When I touch upon the essence of love, there's no judgment toward anyone. When I have experiences of connecting with that awareness of oneness, it changes me, I come out of it different, but I come out of it still in this body And living my everyday life, Uh, a little change, sometimes a lot changed. Uh, Some, I don't know, some months ago, and I had an experience where after I came out of the meditation, I realized that I can't, I just can't judge people anymore. I just can't judge. Even before that, I didn't want to judge. I still did. But then I came out of it because for a moment or however long it lasted, I was, was, I was everything and everybody. It was a very transcendent experience. And so being in touch with that space, that love.
0: Yeah, there's no room for judgment because you are so full of all.
1: Yes, yes. So full of all and we come back to our everyday life. And um, it's very humbling. It's so humbling to have these experiences. And I realize that how little I know, and how happy I am in knowing so little and knowing that I know so little to say oh great I don't have to know everything I don't have to be right ever <laughs> it's okay to be wrong and I like, yay <laughs> what freedom
0: that the not knowing is a kind of wisdom
1: I read that I have read that somewhere it maybe worded differently but and it feels really true when you say that I feel that in my body that it's the truth. So we recognize truth with a capital T when we hear it or mm-hmm. read it. So, And I recognize that as a truth when you said it.
0: Well, I, I said it because uh, it's a story actually from the first patriarch of Zen in China, Bodhidharma. Um. And he, he stood in front of an emperor. They had an exchange. And one, of the, one aspect of the exchange was uh, the emperor asked, well, then who are you? and Bodhidharma simply said, I know not.
1: Wow, I know not, that's powerful.
0: There are a couple of things that I wanna offer or say, which one is that I know from personal experience, you've given me readings and they've been transformative. They've been affirming, they've been validating, they've been insightful. And we've talked about past life, past life connections, past life affinities. And my perception of your work and your work in the record really, I think it would boil down to just two words, reverence for the record and ethic with the record. That you have a profound reverence for the record and you are so ethical with the application or practice of your work with the record. And that's just been my experience with you, Betty. And, you know, there are um, a wide range of experiences and when we get into the the path of the unseen worlds, um, it can be trepidatious for people and it can be, but it can also provide the foundation of which all this rests, all this stands on. And so your work is so important. And I'm just wondering, um, I know we spoke a little bit about your development in your ideal vision of your work with the records. What would that look like?
1: Um, Thank you um, for your kind words and feedback about um, the perception of how I am with the records work, I appreciate it, and it is true. I do hold a lot of um, reverence for the for this work, and for the beings who work with us, and for the people who entrust their um, being to to me. It's an honor and a privilege to work with someone in their records, yeah. and. Um, maintaining um integrity is very is very key very important to me it's interesting because in a way nothing very profound comes through when i work in the records however it's profoundly impactful so my um my you know my every single time, my, my hope and prayer is that the person receiving the consultation finds value in their time in the records. That's my, that's my intention in prayer. I don't know what that means for that person, in, in, you know, necessarily ahead of time. And uh, so my, Wish and goal. My prayer is to again be a clear and clean a vessel as I can be, and to that end, it takes time sometimes because I receive information in the form of um, frequency within my body, within my being. Sometimes I'll see something outside of myself. More often than not, it's within. And um, then that information has to kind of bubble up and then be um, translated into words. And I'll check in with the record keepers sometimes if I'm not sure that a word is the correct thing to say. And uh, every time I have questioned it and have said it, it's been meaningful to the person. So it's like a person's dream is coming through me. Their symbolism, it's not my symbolism, it's their symbolism.
0: Yep.
1: So it's, um, it's my prayer is that um, people find value in their time in the records.
0: <clears throat> now, I, I just wanna also, I wanna personalize this a little bit more because I had a mentor, um, John Banarchak. He was an art teacher in Buffalo, New York. And um, as the story goes, I'd gone to Israel. I'd read The Snow Leopard with Peter Matheson as a student of Zen Buddhism. And um, it began my sort of like thirst to understand what I could not see. And um, so what happened was I I went to the Himalayan Institute and I asked Mary Gail Solvik if she knew of any Zen Buddhist groups in Buffalo, New York. Um, She did. She gave me John's number, John Bernard Cech's number. And uh, in our first exchange, our first conversation, he said, I hope the difference in our age is not an impediment to us being good friends. And it never was. He passed in 2012 at the age of in his early 80s. And um, he and I were always very best good friends. And he used to talk about the Akashic Record often with a real reverence. And it's found, I don't know, I think he came through it through maybe a Hindu lens, sort of like a Hindu.
1: I mean, Akash, the word Akasha, I believe is a Sanskrit word. Uh,
0: Yeah, Akashic, uh, is it? I think so. Yeah. And you have become a very dear friend. Betty, through through the time that I've known you, our work together in the record, and also just most importantly, our friendship. I guess that you could go back to the gut tug or the intuition that you were talking about that I had to connect with you, because it was strong in me.
1: We are all, we are connected. We are all connected. And so we're all connected and to make it a little more personal, some of us have been connected um, maybe in a past life. And once there's been a connection made, it's it's permanent. And uh, sometimes that intuitive tug, um, I call it pinging is coming from someone that i'm connected with i may or may not know the person's face or name but i'll feel and this this is one of the benefits of working in the records for me through the years is i am so much more clear now and so much more empty of other people's of impressions that i've picked up from other people so when i'm pinged um You know i can send a prayer or just notice um that i sense that someone's in distress um and i don't absorb it i used to absorb it i mean i used to just be a mess in a way because i felt so much and would just absorb way way too much um Not so much anymore. Working in the records has helped with that tremendously.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I'd like to, to offer here is if people want to get in touch with you, do you do you do you not only do you give readings, but you teach people how to access the record themselves, right? Like so could yeah. you speak a little bit about that, about your classes, both the reading? Oh, sure. and-
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, well, consultation, I do individual, and I do groups, but usually it's an individual, um, via phone. Um, I do in person as well, but uh, these days it's uh, by telephone. And um, I make a connection with that person via the heart and use their name. There's a prayer that I use to open their records. And we have a conversation. We have a conversation. Part of my job is to help formulate questions so that we can um, receive information from the record keepers. My work in the records has shown me that they are so protective of our boundaries very protective of our boundaries, and of where we are, evolutionary speaking. They will not give us information we're not ready for, or that we don't want to hear. And um, so um, it's important, at least the way that I work in the records, it's important to help people to ask questions. And sometimes people... don't have questions they just i don't know i don't know what's my purpose in life and we'll begin there sometimes they'll ask about a usually in a relationship or work or i actually will have people come who have been referred to me because they start to have experiences with energies
0: oh could i just segue here for a second if people are starting to like, because people have gifts that they may not know that they have and coming to terms with those gifts can be a very, it almost feels like people are losing their minds in a sense, right? Like that they they may hear things or perceive things that other people may not. And in in a full-blown expression of that, it could be Pathologize, but like in moderate amounts it's a kind of gift do you, I mean do you feel this way too or
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yes, and it's um yeah. that's possible I think it's important I think it's important if a person is having experiences and they're unsure about it I'm, I mean the kind of experiences we're talking about of uh, Hearing or seeing or sensing, and I've always had both. Yep. Um, inner and and outer. Usually it's inner. Again, um, but it's important to talk with someone who um, is not going to label you as a flake or any other kind of label, but listen. And if you're talking with someone who can relate and actually can help you to understand whether, uh, you know, what it is, what it might be. It's, it's just so helpful.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, there's the documentary Crazy Wise, which taught me, instructed me about a whole new narrative, uh, narrative of this is a potential existential issue. This is a potential spiritual opportunity.
1: I felt that sometimes I was right on the edge Mm -hmm. and uh it didn't go beyond the edge but in some ways I feel that that's my my entire life has been has been lived on the edge I call it now a threshold yeah some of my poetry is about threshold being in that space but right on the edge yeah and um yeah i think the work that i've done in the records has helped me to be more definitely more stable
0: so in in other cultures uh what is common and what is known you know we live we live in our western industrialized culture um there's a lot that we don't really understand and there's not a lot of language for it and um i think it's really interesting that you know, at this time and place, we're talking about the Akashic Record, we're talking about the Unseen, we're talking about non-physical entities that assist and aid us, and we're talking about the mental health of how it, these things can enhance our mental health, that they can benefit our mental health. And I think that that's really important, Betty.
1: Um, I agree. I I, I agree. and. Um, I think and personally can attest to that. Uh, no, I have a, a daughter, when she was growing up, you know, my, my way of helping her to know who she is, to grow into knowing who she is, was to believe her. Mm. Believe her and trust in her intuition. She, she trusts her intuition today. Um, and I, I think that, um, it's important to listen to children and not deny or squash, um, you know, what they see and and believe and yeah, I, I agree in our, in our culture, we don't even have words to describe so much of what we experience. And we turn away from it. Um, I did, I turned away from it um, without realizing what I was doing until I was in my late 20s and got a message that I was going to have a child (laughs) and then um, things progressed from there. There's also I want to I want to say there's a lot of protection as well. There's a lot of protection when we honor um, when we honor our connection with our soul, honor our connection with illuminated, unseen beings who collaborate with us for our own evolvement and for the evolvement of humankind of all life. There is protection. Yeah, you know, I used I prayed a lot as a child, and as I said earlier, um, sometimes I would I would receive messages while I was praying, mm. and um, I pray. Prayer is a form of communication, and there is you know you talked earlier about. Um, the sacredness of the records. And when we pray, then we can reach a place of sacredness. And that's what I pray when I pray before I open records too is for the for there to be um, a space of sacred communion with the divine. So that the divine message can come through for that individual. So prayer is part of, I would say, is part of it. The other part is to listen, however, however, whatever that means for you. For me, meditation is uh, key, Um, but that doesn't mean uh, someone has to sit. Meditation, but um, walk, a walk, being in nature. Being, really being in nature and just and sitting with it and observing it, um, that's a way of communicating as well.
0: Mm. That listening, it, because the prayer is a two-way street, the listening, just to make that clear that I know from my own experience, when I offer, if I listen, I receive too you know.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Um, the truth will come through. Mm-hmm. And truth that's deeper than what we call ego. Having said that, I want to say, you know, I really don't like, um I mean, I decided years ago that I didn't want to read much about ego because there were, there were so many um, comments that were damning and um, felt painful and harsh to me. So I befriended my ego. I decided I needed to just befriend it. It is whatever it is. It's part of me. So now I come to see the ego. I've come to see the ego as being that part of me that helps me function in this body. Mm -hmm. That is part of being in a body that help that understand that's basically focused on survival. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. That's important. And when I am going through a process where I feel that part of myself is fearing, I let it be. I don't try to escape it. I don't try to fight it. The last thing I want to do is have an internal fight and, um, but I recognize it. I recognize it as like my smaller self being afraid and understand that. And I often what I'll do is I'll ensure it that it's not going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's mostly afraid of, that it's going to disappear.
0: Sure. That's its whole struggle, right? Is there a message that you'd like to share? Is there a message that feels appropriate or pertinent for this time and place
1: what i'm hearing and what i mean by hearing is that um so this message i just received i have my record my records are open so i received this message by an experience i just had of my body just really releasing tension and relaxing. So there's coming through that is the encouragement to ease tension, ease tension within your body, ease tension within um, your mind, especially in terms of how we're looking at people who think differently from how we think. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't help to judge harshly. I mean, It's important to have discernment. Um, Criticizing, condemning, damning people who have a different point of view serves no helpful purpose. Uh, So what I'm feeling is they're like really wanting to release tension in the brain and the mind. Mm. And that serves a purpose, even if... um... So what people sometimes are wanting, they're wanting to have words when what they need is not words. What they're needing is to release the tension and just be still for a little while. Mm -hmm. Let's see. the message is your prayers are working. And again, release the tension that you have around surrounding prayer. There are many people praying on this planet. So allow your prayer to join in with their prayer and become Enlarged, trust, have faith and really um, let go. We have to let go of what we think the result of the prayer needs to be. We just need to let that go.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. You know, Rumi, Rumi, the Sufi Rumi, uh, says there's no better love than love with no object and no better work than work with no purpose. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) That's well said. That is well said. Thank you. That's
0: so Betty. I want to thank you for joining me for this. You know, I'm deeply honored to know you. I'm deeply grateful for your friendship. And, uh, I look forward to journeying with you, uh, through these coming years and decades so